Henry Deaver. The devil is in Castle Rock. Hey, Castle Rock stars. Welcome to another episode of the Castle Rock Historical Society, wherein we are covering nothing at all related to Castle Rock. Um, it's Hallow's Eve Eve, and I am here with Katie Einstein, as always. Say hi, hi Katie. Hi! Happy almost Halloween, which will be a week ago by the time you hear this, but whatever. Eh, and we didn't buy Red Dead Redemption 2. Stop asking. Yep. Neither one of us is playing it. So, nope. You know, nothing to report. Ain't doing it. But I still play Dead by Daylight all the time. and it's Yeah, awesome. you can watch him stream it. Yep, and they had a super so fun uh, Halloween event. And I actually was pretty impressed. The game has, it's like two years old now, it has consistent lore that they keep adding to. Like every special event Ooh. they have, like there's a there's a story behind it. And it's not the when they add the licensed characters, like Michael Myers or anything like that, but the native right. killers and everything like that, there's apparently something behind the whole thing. So it was kind of, it was cute. Yeah, well... Fortnite has a David Pumpkin skin. Yeah. So I, I love Fortnite <laughs> and I'm terrible at it. They've no, they yeah, did a I million don't. dollars. I mean, uh like what, billions now at Fortnite? Oh, I'm sure. For a game that has like zero official merchandise, I think they are rolling in the dough. Yeah, for did sure. Did you know that's right out of like Cary, North Carolina? I was right near there the other day and I had no idea. Why didn't you anyway, go in there and get some of that? video game podcast. Yeah, but you could have gone in there and gotten us some of that money. Yeah, well, I don't know. I I would love to be a narrative designer, but that's about all I can do. And Fortnite doesn't seem to have that much of a narrative going on in the Battle Royale part. No. So, also, I, I mean, there is a story. I found out there but. is a uh, YouTube channel devoted completely to Fortnite butts. Just all the characters, man and woman, just oh my God. videos of their butts. Like, apparently there's two different dances that are super butt intensive. So mm -hmm. each character has those two, and then when they're downed and crawling away, and they focus on their butt. Yeah, this doesn't surprise me. Um, I was the technique skin, or am the technique skin, for Halloween this year, because my husband has made me a sucker with my love for him, and that's what he <laughs> wanted to do. He wanted to be drift, and so I am technique. But anyway, we went to a bar for a costume contest, and all of the dudes are like, Fortnite, and their girlfriends are like, I fucking hate that game. And then a girl, like, turned to her boyfriend when he explained what our costumes were, and he's, she's like, is she dressed as the girl with the ass? And I had to be like, everyone in the game has an ass. It's not just one character. Everyone yeah. in Fortnite has a voluptuous, delicious butt. So if you're not playing Fortnite and you like butts, this. That, that may be your thing. Yeah, you could just Check subscribe. Fortnite, You'll get all the butt you can handle. Plus, they run all day, so of course they have good butts. So. Well, yeah, that's true, and the crouching and whatever. Anyway, we're not a video game podcast. You're here for Stephen King. That's right, and I have news. And I news. think we have some news. Yeah, a little bit of news. Uh, his new book dropped called... Oh, yeah. Which is funny, because it's called Elevation, but it dropped. Ha! <laughs> oh, is... What am I thinking of? Oh, that book was already out, the yeah, one with yeah, the yeah. murdered little boy. Yeah, yeah no. Never this mind. One, okay. This one's called Elevation, and it is, uh, it's a little, it's a little tucker. It's only like 150 pages. Mm -hmm. It's probably a novella. Would've, it would have fit in a four past midnight or something like that, but whatever. He's just going to crank mm -hmm. it out and say it's a whole book. I contend that no one actually knows what a novella is. No. It's very arbitrary. They're like, I, I think it's a, I think it's a short story that encompasses too much time to be considered a short story. Right. Like, it's like too long to time. be a short story, but yeah. too short to be a novel. Yep. So, 
whatever. Anyway. So then, cool. uh, and apparently it's about a guy that keeps getting lighter, but doesn't change. So it's not like thinner where the guy actually lost weight. This is, he's getting lighter, but not like, apparently he's a really, really like obese guy and he doesn't physically change. He's just like losing mass without losing size or something. I don't know. And it takes Uh 150 pages to figure it out. You mean losing density without losing mass. Yeah, that's what I meant. Um, yeah. Okay. Neat, so, I guess. And then, so he's done, he's done thinner, and now he's done lighter, and then uh, now I'm trying to think of, like, something flatter. else. Flatter. The, <laughs> the living movie strip. He's flat. Prettier. He only has one. Aw. The, uh... Harder, better, faster, stronger. I've just done a whole series for him. You're right. Jeez. Except he'll have to co-write it with Kanye, and oh, that may be different. true. Oh, Kanye. Kanye said that it said tonight that he had been had, so that'll be fun. By by oh, politics. Oh no, by Trump. Yeah, he got. Oh politics. come on, guy. So <laughs> the other piece of news is, and this is kind of just uh, evidence of a slow news day. Stephen King came out strongly against the word "amazing" in a tweet. He said, "Everybody, stop using it. It's all used up." He said. Okay, first of all, don't tell me what to do, Stephen King. Second of all, what? Yeah, he's mad. He's mad about the use of the word amazing. You know, I retract my initial reaction. I'm a contrarian person. If you tell me not to do something, I'm going to turn around and do it, like, right immediately. Even if it's Hannah, don't stick your hand on that hot burner. I'm going to look you dead in the eyes and stick my hand on a hot burner. But feeling with, like, horror headlines, where everybody calls everything terrifying, mm. and I think it leads to a lot of uh, disappointment in the genre, because people begin to think that that's the only thing that horror is supposed to do, and also not everything is terrifying, right? True. So, his, but... his, his exact quote was, note to writers, amazing is very tired. Amazing needs a long vacation. Therefore, please don't write about your amazing potty, your amazing girlfriend's amazing dress, or your amazing vacation. Something more pungent and specific, please. Okay. I would argue tenuous usage of the word pungent, Mr. King, but I'm going to open to a random page in Dark Tower and see what kind of adjectives you're overusing. Just a moment. (laughs) I'm reading a single paragraph that said sudden three times. So don't, don't, don't be getting on a giraffe horse here. Yeah. You know, I know, I know, I know you wrote a lot of books, but let people like things. Yeah. And I used to watch next food network star because I had a thing for Giada De Laurentiis and, uh, and actually I made friends with one of the contestants once, and she has gone on to good things. I made her first ever website. So oh, good for her. Good for you. She didn't win, but whatever. She won in my heart. She's a nice yeah. lady. Giada may be a talented chef, but she makes shoddy kitchen products that I registered for for my wedding and are all crap. Oh, well, the human lollipop. <laughs> she, apparently, the closer up you get, the more cracked she's looking but anyways i'm like that's just how time works but they say every single time don't just say it's delicious or don't use like non-food related adjectives to talk about your food because nobody's gonna understand that and they're not gonna care so don't just say oh this is you know a wonderful cake or whatever like that so then i watch a show with gordon ramsay on it and all he says is most amazing like he literally calls everything he cooks the most amazing whatever, the most amazing fish, the most amazing salt. It's it's so he's like, yeah, no, he well, says, fuck you, I'm Gordon Ramsay, I'll do whatever I want. Yeah, he says fantastic all the time. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. So essentially, he and you know what else? What they always use ricotta cheese, like yeah, that's true. Pe- you think that maybe people repeat things because it works, or yeah, or because it works right. in a way that they like. I think Ta-da. that's true. And I think that Gordon Ramsay would win in a fight against Stephen King and Giada De Laurentiis, which would be a really fun fight. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think, you know, my mom always taught me that fighting was 98% mental and 2% physical strength. So, you know, because scrappiness will win out, and Gordon Ramsay's scary as hell attitude-wise. Yeah, so. that is true. 
So then, you know what isn't scary yet? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we have been watching um, <laughs> Channel Zero, The Dream Door. We are blitzing through that series. Uh, we've watched the first three episodes because it's been airing for three days at this point. It won't have been by the time you hear this, but we have a follow-up episode, so no worries. Yep, sci-fi's uh, fourth season of Channel Zero. Now, I don't want to sound like people who thinks that every single horror thing has to make me pee my pants. I think you guys know me better than that, but I am underwhelmed by this season so far, and it's not even just because I don't find the design of Pretzel Jack all that intriguing. I just, there's something sort of stilted about the character portrayals, too, this time around, in my view. I know that that can be a problem in sci-fi shows. Very true. But the mm-hmm. acting is is not hitting for me sometimes. Uh, but then I wonder if it's on purpose because the way people are portraying themselves is also not correct. I don't know. Something's not clicking for me this season, though. Well, I started watching the first one with the weird puppets, but that was like 100 years ago, and then I stopped watching it, and then I didn't even know it was still a thing until you brought it up for us to do this so i came into it from a little bit of a different perspective and what i know so far is it's a super attractive couple that love doing it and they're just doing it all around the husband's childhood home right Yeah. yeah yeah his mom like gave them a house for their wedding which like Thanks, Mom. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. They were already um, good-looking people, and then they got a free house. And I guess they're trying to drive home the idea that, like, sexual compatibility does not always mean that the emotional intimacy is intact, but, like, we all know that. That's true. Right? Yeah, I think so. If you, if you don't know that, I, I feel like maybe you might be in for a tough lesson at some point. We yeah. all learn that lesson one way or another, so... Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's probably the lesson. Well, they find a door in the basement and it doesn't go anywhere, and then they spend a bunch of time trying to open it, and then it kind of opens by itself, and a spooky, weird, rickety clown guy runs out, and yes, the contortionist that the main character used to draw when she was a child, named Pretzel Jack, which sounds like a street food vendor it's either a street food vendor or like prison booze yeah two things about that whole like when they first discover the dream door part one their friend firing the shotgun at the door yeah like what 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 are you people doing in this era of you know like we need better just not safe not smart not not anything also i don't think that's a good way to open a door no that wouldn't even occur to me that's not how you do it you know and then it blew my mind that they all saw the handprint on the door and nobody just because instinctively wanted to put their hand up there that's how she ends up like opening it that would be the first thing i did yeah like does my hand match no the first thing you would do is say hey they ripped off the logo of undead airlock because that's the first thing i thought when i saw it Oh, yeah. The bloody handprint. That's yep. true. Although this one's white. I don't want to be crude this early on in, in one of our episodes, but yes, you already you said the stuff about the people banging. So, like, what is the white shit dripping off of Pretzel Jack? I, it doesn't, it horrifies me in a way that is not horror related. I'm grossed out. Devil Jack. Which is, I guess, another part. Yeah, it's weird and gross. And I don't like it. I, don't, yep. I guess that's good. I guess that's effective. Otherwise, though, yeah, I don't know. There's just something sort of uninspired about him. This one feels like creepypasta to me. You know what I mean? Like, that's what the seasons are based on. But they always seem to kind of elevate it a little. But, like, that monster felt straight like uh, Jack the – or not Jack the Killer, Jeff the Killer to me, like that level. Yeah, Uh, he's not – Not to insult. (laughs) I'm not super scared of him. I mean, it's it's – no. He was more scary when he was like flailing around. Before they got up close to him, when he was sort of more vague, I found him yeah. a lot spookier because he 
you know, he's just, he's very flopsy. Like his limbs are just going every which way. And they put in those like right. rat sounds like when he's doing it. So that's kind of weird. But then when he needs to get down and stab someone in the face, then he's got no problem doing it, which he did to the friend, which I'm not 100% yeah. sure what the friend did to deserve that. But whatever, friend, get a knife in well, your face. Well, he wouldn't like, he called her crazy. Oh, yeah, that, oh she, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was the whole thing where she was trying yeah. to sell. Another big theme of this season, well, and I guess Channel Zero has done this before. It's like how people deal with the secrets in their lives and the kind of chaos that keeping them, how it affects everyone around them. And so, like, when I watched the first episode and they were trying to sell it as the husband is, like, actively cheating, I'm like, this is all brutally obvious. This feels really, right. like heavy-handed but then it was like when i finally figured out that they were like trying to trip me up then i'm like the pendulum swung too far in the other direction i'm mm -hmm. like okay but still yeah so it turns out that he has a child with another woman that he didn't disclose to his wife that's and a big deal for me dude huge deal like that's a big lie and like i understand maybe the initial panic of covering it up when you first get back to, like that's a natural inclination but hiding it for that long like and you want to have a relationship with your child i just feel like what what was your plan yeah no that doesn't uh that doesn't really compute for me like yeah, i don't think I, I don't think that that i don't know you shouldn't have secret children or secret bank accounts other than that secret it up all you want yeah you i don't know, care like you maybe you like to bite your tone in oh jesus that. god damn it <laughs> it's been a while since i did that Ugh. um but yeah and you know even having watched episode three now I, i'm not sure i'm clear on the timeline like he it's meant to be clear to us, I think, that he didn't, like, technically cheat on her. He, like, got that lady pregnant right before they got together. We're on right? a break. Well, yeah, it's, like, that kind of thing, I guess. But she's, I understand why she's unhappy about it, but, like, I'm still trying to figure out what the exact timeline is. Yeah, but you can't, you can't, like, just no-sell the fact that you have a kid. Like, it's just not Oh, okay. absolutely not. No, he's I don't care he's how nice totally your house is. in the wrong. Yeah. And I, I suppose the other theme that resonated with me was her not being like listened to at all. Like all everyone in her life is very condescending to her. Like in yeah, in true. a way that I am privileged enough to find unrealistic. Right. But I'm sure is real for many people. Like you know, especially in I feel like when you go to the doctor or something like that, like you you have an you have a spinal injury, back injury or whatever. I spent like a year and a half living with gastroparesis before somebody believed me. People kept telling me I had heartburn and putting me on heartburn medication, and it was just like, no, I I literally cannot eat without vomiting. It's not heartburn, but it took a year and a half. You know, so that feeling of not being listened to really, like, that made me angry. That really clicked for me. And, you know, I bet you've had similar experiences because nerve pain is, yep. like, now nah, we don't believe you. It's true. You just want drugs. Pain, yeah, I know, right? Yeah, thanks for the drugs. <laughs> I didn't know that you had, like, that barfy disease. That sucks. Well, you know, it it comes and goes, really. Like, it's not bad anymore. It was like a random thing. I had a stomach flu that was really bad. And the way the doctor explained it to me, your digestive system has its own nervous system, the enteric nervous system. And it was shocked by the the infection and it never bounced back. So oh, it shit. took, yeah, it took like two to three years to start working again. But now I just have like a background radiation of upset stomach all the time. Oh, well, but I'm I'm not 104 pounds anymore, so that's good. Well, that's I'm good like too. Yeah, because you're like six five. foot four. You must have been super skinny. Yeah, I very much looked ill. I was ill, but yeah, it was gross. Well, the lady in the the show is pretty robust. She's super pretty too. Like I was like, oh, I'm gonna like oh, watching yeah. this show because I was so honestly, and it's it's great because everything is flipped around. So much man ass everywhere I look. 
Yeah. And, you know, I I went full perv, and I was like, is he naked in this tub, in his little therapy tub? Oh, never saw yeah, yeah, yeah. She, I'm not clear on what happened with her dad yet either. I'm sure it's linked to Pretzel Jack in some fashion. Yeah, I would think so. But, Whatever, we still whatever don't really know, like, on, the yeah. way her parent, her parents' marriage broke down. So, like, episode one, they open the dream door. Episode two, the, like, pivotal thing is that Pretzel Jack is, like, fully manifested, and he goes for her husband at the therapy lady's house. And then in episode three, I guess the big event is, like, well, first of all, he kills the psychiatrist because he refuses to believe her, and then, like... And he didn't like wings. Whole thing. But we've... <laughs> Yeah. And it was the guy the from Wings. Ian. That's why I said that. And he was Jack oh. Torrance. Yeah, he was Jack Torrance in the mini series of The Shining. I don't acknowledge that. that it, never but it's a thing. And Wings was a thing. <laughs> it is. So I did like Wings. So that's unironically it. like I I like old TV. And now he's and then dead. we find out that <laughs> yeah. And the neighbor Ian can also manifest negative emotions into like a monster. Yeah, that's a lot to cram into the first three. But the little cat thing. Yeah. yeah. So it's like the the neighbor is like, okay, well, is he a creep? Is he trying to pork her? You know, how's that all going? He's definitely. Now? Yeah. So what do you think of Ian? I mean, do you think he'll end up being good or bad or gray? I think that the odds of him just happening to live happening to live next to the place where you know you can manifest stuff. Doesn't make any sense to me. You know what I mean? Like it's it's. Well, he did admit that he could like kind of sense it though, right? Yeah. And that like he he followed her on purpose, but like how? Oh, I missed that that I... part then. I don't know how you buy a house on. You know what I mean? Because all oh, he did was basically, just... if you didn't see it yet, all he did was he's like, oh wait, I can do it too. You effortlessly made a big giant door with a killer in it. Let me look like I'm trying to shit out a pumpkin and could like almost die in a bed so that I can create a little eensy weensy cat. Like it's much harder for him. Yeah, maybe his emotions aren't as powerful, but he's also just renting the house next to them, supposedly while he finishes his doctoral thesis or whatever. Yeah. Um, I actually found his monster a little bit more fun than uh, Pretzel Jack, but and you is can't. Pretzel Jack possibly? is not a scary name either. No, it's not. It's not. I liked the tooth monster in the previous season of Channel Zero. Like the tooth monster was neat. Yeah, that's a that's a good gift to freak people out with too. You drop that Going in the group the chat. Dentist. Yeah, put that in the group <laughs> chat and everyone freaks out. So I guess the way I feel about it right now is, I mean, the husband did a bad thing, but I don't think he's a bad guy. And then her saying because, mm -hmm. it, like Hannah said, they're trying to get across the whole. Don't be hasty. And she actually says, you know, maybe we got married too soon or whatever like that. And he's like, what do you mean? I could, if we yeah. waited longer, I could have had many more babies that I didn't tell you about. <laughs> Instead of just the one. Uh, yeah. I, I, I find the portrayal of their relationship really stressful. Because they said they've been friends since childhood, but they really don't seem to know each other at all. And the way that they come at each other, do you remember the scene in the basement where, like, Ian's like, to make him manifest, you have to upset her. So he, like, makes them argue? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, damn, you people love each other, but she's, like, bringing a gun to a knife fight. Yeah, and, that was rough. Yeah, it was. And it's just, like... I. Someone had, I read an article that this season was supposed to be like a love story. And I'm just kind of like, damn, because this relationship is not ideal. No, this it's not. not. But what... maybe the love story is because the cliffhanger at the, well, it wasn't really a cliffhanger, but the end of episode three was her getting hugged by Pretzel Jack. So maybe that's the love story. Yeah, he's like comforting her and shit. Her oh, and her you know, there's weird sweater wearing rickety monster. Yeah, you know there's some weirdo out on the internet who has, like, feelings of sexual attraction for this pretzel jack. Dude. Oh, for sure. For sure. It was, and I will, and it, it was neat when he crammed himself under the deck for some reason. 
Like it wasn't even. Yeah. The house had nothing to do with, and the little girl's just watching as he like he's like, oh, gotta go. Because the other part about it that's kind of fun is, he's apparently like just super dormant until he's needed, and then. Yeah, it's not like he's out like slaughtering other people in his downtime. He right. kind of just. And and the other part about it that's fun is not only is he dormant, but he also isn't like magical in that he just appears. He has to get to wherever he is. So it's like he's just started booking it down the street because he's like, oh, I got to get to her because someone's being mean to her. So then I just kept picturing him like on the bus or whatever because he didn't have any, like right. he has, he's on the he has to travel cheaply. You're right. Unlike a lot of other horror monsters, he seems to be completely hampered by every physical barrier. Yep. Like, he has to open windows or doors or go around things or whatever. He And he can't, like, run at superhuman speeds or anything. Nope. So, yeah. They, like, his pretzel jack bopping around on taxis, know, you know. Just, he's just, like, a skinny guy. Like, he's not – and that actually kind of makes it fun because when they did the whole T-1000, like, he's running behind the car and everything like that – they just easily just got away from him, and he oh, like yeah. he didn't stop running. He just wasn't going any faster. It was kind of great, right? And the like old man exercising speed walk is <laughs> super funny to watch. Like obviously, some of his elements are meant to be comedic. I guess it's got to be. So, but it just feels a little like it doesn't gel with the tone of the rest of the show, which is so emotionally intense with no comedic relief whatsoever. Yeah, no, they're, so, they're an intense little group. Yeah, I almost question every time I'm about to, like, laugh out loud at Pretzel Jack, like, what the fuck's wrong with me? Everyone is so miserable on this show, but, like, you know, Well then, I gotta watch it. Well, now, now that we have established the fact that she created pretzel jack i started thinking i wonder what else she may have created like is there any other stuff that's around them that's not really real because oh that's an interesting thought and her door so at first i was thinking because they like bring her to ian's place to like help her control so i thought maybe his door was smaller because he had it under control but maybe she just has more juice whatever you want to call yeah, it yeah, yeah. yeah that would be interesting because they made a big 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 production out of how hard it was for him to make that cat like he was all sweating and, right you and know what basically I basically mean? just gets mad and yeah. then there he is yeah so it's definitely easier for her it's like she's a she's the danny torrance to his you know, Dick Halloran from a Shining standpoint, you know, it, yeah. like, she's really, really good at it. Um, yeah. So then that makes me wonder. Now I'm it, like, it is kind of fun thinking about it from that standpoint, because then you're like, well, what else, you know, did she make up? Did she make up, you know, the friend or something? Because it's, it's it, the husband is kind of a, I don't want to say he's a douche because he's not really a douche. I just don't understand his motivation. Like, I don't get why. Point, you have to be like, are you really that stupid or are you really that evil? There's like a bell curve or like, you know, an intersection <laughs> line of like, yeah, like, are you an asshole or are you ridiculously stupid? Is it some dangerous combination of both? Because he has done some incredibly selfish stuff that like a grown ass adult would know that this isn't going to pan out well. True. But maybe it's like the there's a hole in the boat and there's nothing I can do about it at this point. I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, you know, I don't know about that You get so deep either, into something. Cause he, yeah. Because he – well, I don't know. This probably isn't – I'm mad because he almost drowned in that stupid tub, which was so dumb because all he had to do was put his feet against the side and – like, why did he stay sideways? Listen, everybody listening, picture – Oh, was it soft? Oh, you mean just stand up. Or just put his feet against the edge of the thing and push away from Pretzel Jack, who's holding him under the water. Like, it's not... Yeah. If you were going to drown like somebody... It was like a deep... Right. Yeah. If you're going to drown somebody, I don't care. I mean, okay, so maybe you're a supernatural dream clown. That's fine. But if you've established that you have to open windows and you're not super strong, then if you're holding a like super butt and i know he's super buff because i've seen his ass like nine times and 
he could totally just like legs stronger than arms. So just kick away from him. I mean, he would have shot himself to the other side of the little round. Oh, by the way, the reason for this was he decided to do sensory deprivation for some reason. Yeah, what was that about? Was that going to help him tell his wife the truth at some point? I guess, but I also don't know why the lady therapist was in it. And then I thought maybe he was porking her, but he wasn't, I don't think. No, because she was just kind of like his therapist, but then... So were they both just hiding the fact that they were in some form of therapy from each other when it would have done them so much more good to just be in therapy together? Maybe. I mean, I guess not, that also falls into my oh, secret bank account thing. And then, like, it turned out that the sensory, the sensory deprivation tank lady was also the doula for his secret kid. Yeah. And she only takes... That was a weird plot point to me, too. And That's it didn't true. seem significant yet. Yeah, that is true. I forgot about that. I had a friend yeah, that wanted weird. to be a doula, and I'm like, I don't know... You're you're not gonna make a lot of money if that's what you do for a job, <laughs> like dueling. Ha 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 ha! And uh, you're fired. Oh damn it! I I can see the lady as though you know I'm also like she's the doula and she's like you know I'm also a therapist and I have crystals so why don't you just call me like she's like got nine oh, jobs man. all no shit like a vaguely shop. yeah like you don't really need qualifications for any of those jobs. Yeah. <laughs> Honest to God, a race setup shop in my tiny southern town. We'll see how that goes. Really? Yeah. Uh, they advertise a Faro foot detox for $25 and I'm like, "Hell no. I'm not putting I'm not paying you $25 to put Faro on my feet. Isn't that a grain?" I Yeah, I think it is. I think they're actually going to be cooking you. So now, I'll tell you what though, I may have the gallery pay you $25 to film the entire experience as a documentary because then you could be like, Hey, listen, I know that you're going to put my feet in rice aroni, but I need to, (laughs) I need to film it for work. (laughs) I'll just do one of those like undercover sting operations or something. Yeah. But I can't just, I won't be able to look at the video or, be involved in any other way other than explaining it because I hate feet and I don't want, I could not there's work like a, There's like a funny horror short film for uh, superficial productions. Like someone goes to a naturopathic healer and they get put in this hot bath and it's like some sort of broth and then they add all these herbs that are supposed to be healing <laughs> and then like some grains or whatever and it turns out that the like therapist is just making them into a soup. That would be dope. I like that, that a lot. That would be really funny. <laughs> yeah, it has to it it has to be something that people wouldn't immediately figure out, but when they figure it out, it'd be hilarious. Oh, that's awesome. And hmm. then they sell the soup as like some sort of miracle cure for some bullshit. Oh, and then they oh, yeah. it's a nice garnish for the foot rice that you're going to be in that you've got going on. See, folks, Channel Zero got us talking about making up other movies and doing weird foot sting operations because it's not gripping us super much and nope i want i i want it i honestly don't care about watching the next episode like i'm vaguely curious about like what happened with the dad and if pretzel jack had something to do with her parents divorce or like if he was created because of the trauma of her parents divorce but yeah other than that i really don't give a shit well, yeah, but you I have to now because you you started it. Now we have to finish it, and then yeah, I know. you got to watch Hill House because I've been dying, so far. waiting to talk to you about Hill House, and I can't. Yeah, I forget who I I read it somewhere. I do a lot of reading that I never remember, so or I don't remember who I don't remember who wrote it. I remember I remember the reading. But supposedly Hill House season or Hill House episode five, excuse me, is the best horror movie of the year. Like that was the headline. And I remember it because I'm like, but that's not a horror movie. And (laughs) I'm a pedantic piece of shit. But also I'm intrigued because that's high praise. Hereditary uh, came out this year. it's, It's a really, really good piece of film. And I'm not using that in a disparaging way. It's because I don't, it would not. I can't agree with that assessment because 
there's too much that comes before it and afterwards, you know, to make it standalone. But mm -hmm. there is, that's the kind of thing where you, when you're going to start that episode, like, have all your shit in front of you, like, have your drink and stuff like that, because this is not a wander off, you know, oh, no, I'm right. still watching it type of thing. Like, you, you, you want to pay attention. And honestly, the whole series is that way as well, because there are so many things in it that if you watch closely, yeah. you get rewarded for. Which is good. That's the kind of show we like. Mm -hmm. And I think you all listening can probably tell that, like, so far, the first half of Channel Zero, The Dream Door, pretty, pretty averagey. And I tend to be generous with my reviews of horror genre stuff because a lot of people in the genre feel like they don't have to try very hard, mm -hmm. uh, particularly in the film and TV part of horror genre mm -hmm. stuff. This is pretty average. I'm, I'm not feeling anything new or interesting. It, it would almost work better as a TV drama because the most interesting parts of it are the exploration of the relationship dynamic and how women are treated in terms of like the validity of their feelings and emotions and stuff like that. That's interesting. And that could be a great backbone to a horror story. It's just that all of the elements in this one haven't come together for me so far. Yeah. And I like the actor, I like and the actress. Like I like the main mm -hmm. characters. Not really. Like I think I'm, I'm still not a hundred percent sure where they're going with their relationship. But there's nothing. Yeah. I think Sarah's doing a great job. I don't think any of the actors are doing a bad job. I think maybe it's the script that's not serving them well. Yeah. But and and so I don't know. It's. There's nothing if if the point of the the creep is that he protects her, then he'll be mm -hmm. safe if he's just nice to her. So then where's your peril right. if they're married anyway? You know what I mean? Like it's it's and and his ex yeah. doesn't want him around, so there's no jealous ex thing coming. I mean, it would be it would be a crazy twist if she felt threatened by the baby because she was jealous and then pretzel Jack came and took the baby and fucking dunked it into a tree. That would be. Oh yeah. Exciting. You know, people don't often, that does not happen very often in horror. That is very, that much a taboo that does not get done very often. And I have no opinion on that other than I understand it's very upsetting. Like, you know, people will watch a movie all day about a goddamn serial killer ripping people's entrails out, but if you kill a puppy or a baby... Hey, I didn't that's... say puppy. No, I know. Hold on. Just... <laughs> or like a cat or whatever, uh, you know. So that that would be horrific. Yeah, I think the, the, the closest... Uh, I mean, Damien, but he was like five. Yeah, and I mean, like at that age, sometimes you want to kill him. Yeah, that's true too. She said, who had no kids. Yeah, but that's but. all right. Wanting to kill other people's kids is always fine. <laughs> so then yep. I need them to manufacture some peril because right, right now I don't feel any. Uh, the The guy that was going to say, no, don't worry, everything is fine because you're just nuts, lady. Now he's dead, and she didn't even get yeah. to gloat about how she was right because he was like instantly dead. Yep. And if she, if Pretzel Jack is purely a manifestation of her anger, then there is no peril because she's in complete control over that. Mm. Yeah. To an, to an extent. And like all her husband has to do is just fucking come clean yep. and shoot straight from now on and then be a better partner. And everybody's fine because it doesn't seem like, Pretzel Jack manifests every time someone cuts her off in traffic. There has to be something more to this. Can you imagine or... if she went to the mall at Christmas time and people were in front of her and she's like, move it. And then uh, Pretzel Jack would just come and kill everybody that's in front of her. Now that's. Right. Like 10 people she interacted with on a daily basis would be dead. But it would not be her fault. Oh my God. What an amazing power. You could actually I mean, kill all the people that need killing and not get in trouble. Right, because it's not you. 
it's some other thing. And his mouth so. is so big. That's another good part about, you know, it, he sort of has like, it, and this is radio, so I'll try to be descriptive. Most amazing. Uh, the, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, He's sort of got a, like a Simpsons mouth. Like it goes like around most of his head. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, and I guess that's like uh, supposed to be like a Chelsea Grin-esque kind of image. Well, you I know, just like assume a, that at some point they're going to do, he's going to open that mouth and it's going to be all full of nasty teeth or whatever like that. Because you don't have a big giant mouth like that and never open it. Yeah. Or it would do, like, the freaky full-on hinge thing, and, like, yeah, 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 the yeah. entire top of his head hits the back, yeah. Oh. Well, that'd be neat. I, I could use some horrifying imagery this time around. Yeah, because he's that... not. It's just her, ven- it's her annoyance vengeance monster, and that's not super scary. Well, yeah, and, like, to be fair, a lot, actually, all of her anger has been justified. I don't, I'm not saying those people deserve to die, but her feelings of hurt and anger and anxiety were all completely valid. You know, the friend was covering for the husband for something crappy he knew about the babe. The husband was doing something crappy behind her back. All of her anger was totally legit. You're right. So, you know, and mm-hmm. I mean, I know Ian is like kind of bad and manipulative, but he's also kind of like wallpaper paste. I keep forgetting that he exists. Yeah. And then he, like, pops up in a scene, and he talks in, like, the same timber of voice constantly. He's it's, calm. He really disappears into <laughs> the events of the show, and I'm <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I guess he's there or doing stuff. Poor fella. It also took me a while to learn names. So first it was, like, weird neighbor, wife, husband, and shit friend, and now... Oh, I never got but past now I got that. It. As a matter of fact, I had to make a little note that Ian was the neighbor because I would not have remembered. Oh, yeah. I don't remember the psychiatrist's name, though. Like, Ian is the weird neighbor, Sarah is the woman, and then Tom is the husband. Oh, no, wait. Is Sarah, it might be the, the, the love child lady. Shit. Wait. Fuck. <sighs> I was like, I don't normally remember things correctly. Guess how many but... notebooks Hannah has oh, for God. Channel Zero. Zero. Channel Zero, the No Notebook. That's right. Um, no, actually, Sarah is the love child lady. Jill is the main character. Sorry. Ah, uh, right, right, right. But no, <laughs> I didn't feel like I needed to take notes. But I guess I sort of did. You know what? You've taken so many notes over the 50 years we've been doing this show. I think that you deserve to give your pen a rest for one brief series. And if Channel Zero... Dream door has to be it. That's okay. You know, the rainforest probably deserves a little break, too, I That's guess. Right. So, you know, worse things have happened. And, you know, now there are only three characters, really. At least I never forgot Pretzel Jack's name. No, that's true. And I didn't even realize that was his name until relatively late in the game. <laughs> well, you know, I mean... You're just going to call him, like, the bendy, snappy guy. That's how I had so many other... names, and they all were, like, some variation of, like, Crackleton or whatever like that. And, and I, I I think that the, the concept of him is great from a from a practical effects standpoint. The 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 actor that's doing it is, is amazing because that's not easy stuff to do. I don't care if you're double-jointed, triple-jointed, whatever it is. That just looks like it hurts, and that's always a great thing. You know, um, the things that make people cringy are the things that they can imagine happening to them and it being a terrible, terrible idea. So I like his his crackiness. I'm just not afraid of him. I I guess they couldn't get Doug Jones to do this. No, he's much too important. I know, but that would have made me stick to this show like, I don't know, some sort of analogy, because I love Doug Jones so much. <laughs> yeah, he is pretty good. Hi, Doug. Yes, if you're, you're like listening, Doug, Hannah, Hannah's got a couple script ideas for you. I, I mean, honestly, I just want to hang out with him. But, yeah, that's true, you know. too. I don't blame you. So I guess uh, we're going to listen, I mean, uh, watch the rest of it, and then we're going to talk about it next week when it's the... Like, 
Channel Zero yeah, when Dream it's Door over. Redemption. Yeah. Either that or it's just like the end. Yeah. One way or the other. So, it may not be redeemed. I'm, but yeah, I'm, I am underwhelmed. Yes, but I'm I'm really holding out for the whole redemption thing. I think that, that yeah. it has a chance. And I've been burned. I've been burned. I I am sure I will be burned again. That's true. You know. That is true. And then <sighs> so then we're gonna do we're gonna finish this up. And you know what, honestly folks, depending on how it goes, we're not gonna try and drag if it's if it's junk and we can wrap it up in ten minutes and then go on to Hill House, then we're completely gonna do that. Like I'm not I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you guys got on this train and we're going to take a little brief stop at um, Dream Door Station if it warrants it. If the, if it blows up and it's amazing and there's a lot of engaging stuff to talk about, then of course we will. But I'm not going to pretend that, you know, we're going to yeah, drag I mean, it. Yeah, I there's only so many way you could say something's not that great so we won't waste your time and i'm pretty confident about hill house i just haven't gotten all the way through it yet so you know it would be nice it would be nice for a television show to give us a win not that castle rock wasn't like a win it was just a it's like you ran a marathon but then you puked when you got over the finish line while the cameras were on you yeah, you did it, but you also shat your pants in a very yep. public way or something. Yep, you know? yep, yep. I know exactly I, what you mean. I ran a marathon, but I got the runner's trots, and, and you know, it's all over the news and now. Now I'm soiled. The <laughs> I guarantee you, since I've already seen it, that you're gonna feel better about Hill House than you do about Channel Zero. Yeah, I mean, I I already do, and I've only seen a couple episodes of Hill House. I like it a lot. So, you know, I'm not really worried about that one. Of course, if they, at the end of it, pull out... I know they won't, because I read the book, but if at the end they were going to be like, ha-ha, a witch was killed here, then I would murder several children. You hate witches so much. I just... It's not even that I hate witches. I just hate when a movie has not really established anything about witches being involved, and it's their cheap fallback thing. Kind of like the sudden native burial ground thing. Yeah, I know what you mean. Don't be a fucking hack. It's really not that difficult. I mean, (laughs) I guess it is. It is difficult. I lied. It's difficult. But, like, if you're a fucking hack, stop stop what you're doing. There are are not hacks out there. If you're in charge of hiring people, stop hiring hacks, I guess, is what your main point is. Yeah. Because if you're a hack and people are hiring you, God love you, buddy. Just keep it up. (laughs) I mean, it's not like anybody who was highly unqualified ever got hired for a job. I mean, it happens all the time. You're right. So then we're going to do that. Then we're going to do We Still Have Dark Tower. I have something that I it's it's hard because it's not horror, but I want you to see it so badly. It's called it's called uh, the Lost Room, and the Lost Room. Yeah, it's is it like a documentary? No, it is. It's a sci-fi miniseries from I want to say two thousand. 2005 or 6 or something like that. It's pretty old. Uh, it has it stars Peter Krause from uh, Six Feet Under. He uh, he was in Sports Night, which is, if you can go back and watch Sports Night, it's amazing. But he, him, Juliana Margulies, very young Dakota Fanning. I'll give you the setup in like two seconds. Essentially, the guy's a cop. He has a kid in the neighborhood that you know is is kind of on the edge of being a crook and and he wants him to not be a crook and everything like that and the and the the kid just appears in the squad room and the cop has no idea how he got there and it turns out he has this motel room key huh and he gives the motel room key to the cop just before he dies. So now the, the the cop is like, oh, great, I have a hotel room key. 
I've got, I've got to be a cop. I've got to figure out where this hotel is. Maybe there's clues in it or anything like that. Except that the key, if you put it in a door that has a keyhole, no matter what door it is, when you open the door, you're going to be in a motel room from the 60s. Oh. And when you come back out, you're going to be wherever you pictured in your head when you come back out. Neat. Seems very convenient. It was actually created because the the people that were writing it were trying to figure out what superpowers would be great or not great or whatever like that. And one of the writers was like, no, I would want a magic hotel room so that I could always have a shower. I'd always get room service. I would never have to worry about where I lived because I would always have this room. And then I could just go right back to whatever I was doing when I was finished. Yeah. The conceit of the show, though, is is that the key is only one of many objects. Mm. And the miniseries is about, well... I'll give you one other example. Mm -hmm. One of the other objects is the bus ticket. If you tap somebody with the bus ticket, they get transported to a little nowhere town in New Mexico. They're not hurt. They're just in this town in New Mexico, and they have to find their own way back to wherever they were. So it's... It's fascinating. I really want to do like a little siding of it. I want as many people to experience the show as possible because I just thought it was it was just wonderful. The idea of it. I want it to be an RPG. There's just so much to it. So I think that's going to be my pick when the next time we get to go off the tracks or anything like that. That's going to be my pick. Um, so works for me. I yeah. like sci-fi too. Yeah. So then I guess for now, everybody. We still have plenty of Dog Tower to go. We have to do Hill House, and we have to finish up Channel Zero. So we've got a lot cooking, and, I mean, we'll be here every Thursday for you. Woohoo! Yeah. And then, uh, happy Halloween. Well, happy retroactive Halloween. And we hope that you had a really, really marvelous, happiest of holidays, the best one. Oh, yeah, and and the greatest month for us uh, spooky folk. Thanks That's for listening, right. everybody. Yeah. Oh, and if you want to see how great Hannah's costume ended up, you should probably go to Superficial Gallery probably right now because she was probably in the... I'm speaking in the future. She was probably in the costume contest, so you can see how dope her costume really looked. Also, if you're not following me on Twitter, you probably should be. I, in addition to talking about horror, make a lot of self-deprecating jokes. She does. She really does. And sometimes I have to go, hey, listen, are you all right? Are you just doing self-deprecating jokes? And she's like, no, it's just jokes. No, no, I'm fine. I just, you know, hate myself. No, I'm just (laughs) I hate myself because everybody else is ambivalent. The world is a hellscape. I have oh. fall allergies, and you know, it's just—it's a coping mechanism, and it's fun. That's so, right. Self-deprecating humor. All right, Get everybody, go watch the rest of Channel Zero so that you can talk about it with us next week. Bye. Bye. The shit stops now. <laughs>